Hello everybody, welcome to the Band Creative Show episode 5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With your hosts Rich, Jess, Josh. Josh. And today we were thinking we'd talk about Instagram for your business. Um, Jess, do you want to start off with um, maybe some tips on how people can get started and get some um, good returns out of that platform? I'd love to. Good. Thanks for asking. Um, okay, so even though we talked about Facebook and Instagram in episode two, um, we thought we'd delve a little bit more into Instagram because we have been getting a lot of uh, feedback and questions from even our own clients in regards to expanding their brand into Instagram and spreading that message as well. Um, so one of the things I am loving about Instagram at the moment is the video. And I know that a lot of people, you know, look at Instagram as you know, a very uh, heavy into photography. But video actually gets a lot more engagement than photos and quotes, for example. Mm -hmm. And video is really easy to do because you can just do it on your phone and people will connect with it. Um, I don't know why, but the reach is awesome. And that that's like, I'm just do diving right in there. But Go video is like, if you're sitting there wondering like, oh, Instagram, I don't really know much about it. Where do I start? I'm telling you, video is like, is amazing. That's, I mean, <laughs> I know I just went right in there, but yeah. It's going down in the video. Pretty much, yeah. How do you yeah. use stories? How can a, a business um, effectively use that? Oh, well, I love stories. And um, it's really interesting because I'm actually using it for one of my clients as well. And she really loves using stories to actually tell her daily story. So she's um, a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and she'll post, she actually posts about 12 stories a day um, but it's basically a mix of her clients for example her doing a workout her doing meal prep and then just generally like her day so if she's going for a walk if she's going to the beach so it's it's really like a tv station so she's really talking about the things that motivate her the stories of her clients and it's really a awesome way to storytell and be consistently present um, yeah, thank you. With your audience as well. That's how I, I really love Instagram stories, but I find it really interesting because a lot of people just think that it's like a Snapchat ripoff, which it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't pick sides here, but um, yeah. What do you, like? I'm wondering how you guys would, if you guys had a client who came up sure. to you and was like, how do I integrate Instagram stories even into my into my campaign maybe I mean like do you would you ever Thank recommend you it asking that question Jess. but would you ever recommend Instagram stories to a client uh, for a personal brand it would yeah yeah 100% yeah but it's interesting because I think the personal brand depending on how consistent they are mm. with their own brand like whether they're they adjust the brand for two hours of the day and the rest yeah. will like like stay home selling then it's kind of like oh, maybe yeah. we want to do that but it depends on the the target audience as well. So for a lot of, I, I find there's a lot of there's a lot of mileage to be able to build up your own unique story, irrespective of whether it's 100% consistent with the product or service that you sell as a brand. Mm. Um, but I find that you can still get quite a lot of mileage just purely based off the fact that it's you being very authentic mm. about what you go through in your day. So you know, if it is, if it was hypothetically, say a strength coach or a group fitness coach. Um, and then maybe their positioning was uh, running, say, group fitness sessions in local parks. And we'll just take Perth, for instance. 
then part of their day might not be the group sessions and, and the exercises, etc. Part of it might be just dealing with the daily stresses of having like three kids under four or something like okay. that. But that's very consistent with the, the market because you're ideally targeting stay-at-home moms. Mm. Um, and so you're still on brand mm-hmm. and just and it is very personal. But yeah, I think it's fascinating. It'll come down to the, the company, won't it? Because some yeah. companies won't want to do it. I can yeah. see like a creative like ours potentially mm. doing something like that. So I know you mentioned video with us and we're currently mm. doing video at the moment. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to say that we couldn't insert additional footage related to, or even imagery related to what we go through in our, our daily return, yeah. routines. So our five minute catch up in the mornings, yeah. you know, some of the other stuff that we do. Ping pong, table tennis. That was an American term, <laughs> I'm tennis. pretty sure. Ping tennis? Yeah. Because it's really interesting about, um, with Instagram stories as well, it's a really awesome way to stay constant, but not to overload your normal followers with your feed, which can be kind of annoying because I, I think I remember reading something like posting too much mm. on Instagram can turn people sure. off as well and unfollow you. But if you're doing Instagram stories, you're not constantly coming up in their feed. They actually have to choose to engage with your stories as well. That's interesting because you said that your client uh, posts 12 times a day. And I was wondering if there was sort of an optimum <laughs> posting frequency for Instagram. Um, oh, you mean Instagram stories or just the well, feed? Um, maybe let's start with the feed and then... Um, with the feed, it's weird because it, it kind of depends on... Your target audience as well. So, sure. like for for this particular client, I'm like two times a day, once minimum, but two times a day max. Kind of depends. Like you could go to three times a day, but I wouldn't do that every day. So if you wanted to do three times, maybe once a week, you could. Um, and you know to make sure that they're about different things because you know Instagram now has the slider option mm-hmm. so if you're taking multiple photos or video on mm. one event it's better just to keep it into that one post so that people can scan through that um, but if they're all separate and you feel that you're bringing value then yeah go for three but um, to stay constant I'll definitely stick with one a day um, and with stories um, I think twelve's excessive I have told her she could scale back if she wants to because it was all about just trying to figure out you know what that happy medium is um, and also because it's time consuming for her to constantly always like if she's coaching or something she can't constantly be doing Instagram stories but she mm. is um, but I find look six to like ten stories seems to be if it's engaging enough you know people will scan through but um yeah you look like you're gonna no, no I'd, agree. <laughs> I'd agree I'd agree yeah. that's cool um, we've actually received a few questions as well relating to this, so we're going to tie them into the show. Um, first question, I'm going to put to you, Josh, if you don't mind. How exactly would you go about measuring ROI of something like Instagram? Is that even possible? Oh, uh, we've talked about this in the previous episodes, right? Um, so I think, Jess, you were talking about Instagram. And yeah. Um, and yeah, like your ROI is just going to come back to your, your digital goals. So what your goals were at the time, whether it was... Because you can have a goal to just increase engagement, and then mm. if you increase engagement on Instagram, then you've met your ROI, mm. you've gotten what you wanted. Um, so yeah, I think it just goes back to specifying clear digital goals, and then after that, then you can really work out whether you're going to be able to meet them through Instagram. So whether it's engagement, an increase in followers, maybe um, an increase in um, DMs, so direct messages that you're mm-hmm. receiving as a result of making sure that you've got clear calls to action and in some of your content, not all of your content, um, but yeah, it could be any number of things. Sometimes it's just about swiping and then seeing through to a, a separate landing page or yeah. 
you know the latest video video um, episode um, for instance so if we did something like that then it'd be us running a small video ad that would lead them on to the, the full video of say a podcast session so yeah that's my thoughts I have a can I jump sure you go right through there yeah I, um, I'm just wondering so uh, if I'm trying to sell social media to my marketing manager my boss for example I'm a marketing manager and I'm trying to sell and say look guys like we got to get on social media it's a really great brand awareness tool and my boss turns around and says to me like can we make money from it can we you know sell on social media is it going to be worth the time and the money that we're going to be spending mm. to actually make those sales because I've found that in like my personal experience that social media can be kind of difficult to sell to my boss for us to spend the time on it so how like how would I go about explaining the importance of getting on social media for yeah. your brand can I just point out that was going to be my question to you Jess so well oh. done in putting that back in Josh's <laughs> court that's fine let's all answer that do you one, want a one part part one part two to here okay um, I'll do part two you do part three how's that I'll think oh, of something love it alright all right, Josh, how would you sell um, the power of... It doesn't just have to be Instagram, but social media as a whole. Mm. If you're internal, you no, know... No, actually, sell Instagram. Instagram's harder to sell, yeah. I find. All right, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I've done previously is that we've been able to go off... So Instagram could be considered the walk or the run mm-hmm. compared to, say, running a Facebook campaign, which might be the crawl when entering social media yeah. because Facebook advertising tends to be a lot easier and I believe that's only because it's a larger pool of people that are going to be seeing the content um, so how I've done it previously is that we've run Facebook contest or we've run a Facebook advertising campaign and then we've been able to ascertain what the cost per lead was as a result of that and then measure the response of those people that were coming through as a lead to be able to say whether they were hot or cold and, and by and large they were either warm or hot leads that came through versus some other channels uh, for the, the client that we tested it with and those other channels included Google advertising, um, which is which also includes display advertising. Um, but yeah, being able to lead from one social media channel is a lot easier than just trying to go straight for the kill and mm. say. Uh, and again, if it's if it's the marketing manager that's saying, "Look, I know that this is going to work for our brand," and it might depend on the company. So it might be say a, a surf or a travel company, or you know, sending some type of other um, say uh, products lifestyle products, then, yeah, there might be a little bit more um, yeah, likelihood of being able to, to get that across the table. But I would say starting from that and then moving on to the other thing is really going to help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably leave it at that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd just say, look, um, if you can break down the barriers of, um, you know, allowing people to see the people in within your business, uh, Instagram's a great place to do that. So just sell the fact that um, if people have a greater connection to your business, they, they're more likely um, to eventually, um, it would lead to a sale, but it's, yeah, it's gonna be hard to be a, a direct response. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but you're the expert here, so what would, you, um, what would you say? Well, I'm just, I've spoken about this, I think in previous episodes, but if you can engage another platform to tell your story and connect with your target audience, for example, then I don't think there's anything wrong with mm. increasing your reach on another platform because, you know, when it comes to the possibility that your target audience is going to, you know, they're ready to make a purchase, you know, at least you would be in that consideration set because you're constant and you're present mm. in, you know, whatever it is, that, whatever platform they're engaging with throughout the day. And mm. like, 
one's better than zero. Like, I mean, it really depends on how much you would mm. want to spend in on that platform to build it up. But yeah, when it really comes down to it, you know, you could get 10 more visits to your website from Instagram rather like in comparison to zero if you didn't even use Instagram. So that's why I'm like, look, I'll just go for it and mm. see how it works. And if it, you know, I think it's really about actually giving the time to just, yeah, give it a chance. Um, because you're never actually going to know unless you're actually going to mm. take the time to do the work and see mm. what you can get out of it. Yeah. Mm. Makes sense. It's good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was just wondering as well, in terms of Instagram, I have, okay, so hmm. I'm a business, I'm a sole trader, startup, whatever it is, I'm starting out. Your thoughts on creating content or curating content? Or both? This is an easy question that yeah, Rich had prepared for beforehand, so I'll let him go first. Ha! Thanks, guys. What are your personal thoughts about creating an Instagram <laughs> feed with original content? Yep. Or curated content? Or both. Both, yeah. I would say both. Both? That's it, yep. Just both, okay. Yep. Cool. I'll get both. Yep. What are your reasons for both? Or you just like the no. sound of it all? No, no, no. You need, you need original. Look, if, you, if you're just reposting or you just, you know, it applies to all social media. If you're just spouting out what other people have said, um, then that's just going to make you look like you're not providing any original insight. So you, mm. But there is value as well to be sharing other content. So I, I do believe that a mix of both is actually healthy. Mm-hmm. I just want everyone to know as well, if you're curating content, on Instagram, you need to be really careful and actually ask for permission yeah. from the original poster. Actually, DM them and ask them if it's okay to repost their content. Instagram can be a little bit sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like searching for the right word, um, sensitive about that. And uh, yeah, it's it's important to at least ask for permission. And don't just take it from Pinterest as well. And yeah. don't just credit Pinterest. Pinterest is not a person. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> or Instagram. Google Images, no? No, don't. Um, but yeah, it's um, so if you're posting a combination of both, so original and curated content, you need to work out a balance between the two. So, you know, if you're constantly posting curated content, um, that, you know, are you providing any value to your audience or are you, or could they just get that information on those posts elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically the whole point of curated content is to complement your own and to really um, continue that communication with your message, spreading that, your brand message as well. And if it doesn't do that and you're just sharing things that you you know found of interest um and it doesn't really contribute to your brand then i don't really think it's worth it so it's just really um about asking whether that curated content is going to add to your strategy i suppose that's that's what i'm really Mm -hmm. careful about when i'm proposing um instagram strategies for my clients is you know because a lot of the time they struggle to create content, which is actually another question that we, we have. Um, some of our clients do struggle to create content. So, um, you know, how can they go about it? And also where do they, you know, where do they get this content from? Um, and yeah, I find that curated content can be a really nice way to fill out the calendar to start off with, sure. if that's what mm-hmm. you, you know, if you want to employ Instagram to spread your message, um, and then over time you could probably just scale back on the curated content. But it's really about doing the research, finding your target audience, um, seeing what they would um, connect with, and then trying to find relevant sources that they'd be really interested in, and you know, implementing that into your 
strategy. So, yeah, so you hit a good point there. If you, if you are time poor, but you do want to stay top of mind, um, like we said, so people just keep remembering your brand. Um, yeah, you know, curated content's a good way to fill in the gaps in the, the calendar. And the most important thing is that you don't let that lapse, that you just keep at it. Because mm. it's, it's very easy otherwise to just, yeah, fall into the trap of saying, can't really find the time, you know, you know, too busy to, to, to worry about social media. So yeah, it's a good way to do it. Get some easy wins. Yeah, true. Do you have any more to say on that, Josh? Um, I'd say test. Test the curated or like test, test everything. Yeah. So yeah. like we said both. Yeah. But we don't know for a given business, whether yeah, it's yeah. a sole trader, that's a plumber, sole trader, that's a fashion designer or interior decorator or a painter. Like we don't, we yeah. don't really know the split. And the only way you can mm. do that is by testing it yourself. Actually so, doing it, yeah. yeah. Just getting in and doing it, but then uh, and then also making sure that you note how how people engage with the content or if they engage with the content. Um, and then yeah, the curated stuff. Like, I think it's good to supplement. Um, and then again, it'll it'll only work. So it'll end up being detriment if you ignore all the stuff that Jess has said. So you don't focus on the the target market. <laughs> you don't make sure that the message is going to bring value to them. Yeah. Um, ultimately. Because there is something to be said for putting up curated content where, like you said, maybe they can consume it somewhere else. Mm. Um, and one of your tactics might be to post it intentionally on your own page, provided you've got permission, etc. because you want to hold the attention with your brand mm. versus losing it to another one. So, yeah, there's a bunch of, uh, I guess, smaller things that I'd probably just point out. Yeah. There's a lot of, another little tip there, too, for you. I don't know if I'm holding out the frame. Anyway. Um, but... <laughs> Um, but also if you're curating content, um, it'd be really, it's a really awesome thing to actually make sure that it catches your eye as well, because the reality is a lot of people are just scanning through their Instagram feeds. I've mentioned this before as well, and they're consuming stuff so fast. It's unbelievable. And if your posts can actually catch their eye in a split second, I mean, that's awesome. Because what you're really trying to do is get people's attention. And if you can do that with the curated content as well, that, yeah, it's just going to add to your strategy. Um, It can be pretty difficult. Like, I I don't, when I say you got to look for something that catches their eye, you know what will catch your eye if you're looking through an Instagram feed. Um, And so uh, things like saturated blocks of color for some reason, mm-hmm. do really well. This is like the, the saturated colors, blues do really well. I don't know why, but really vibrant blues, blue sky, blue ocean, for example, um, that does really well. And I mean, those are just examples. Coffee <laughs> also does really well. But obviously I'm not talking about one particular industry, but these are kind of things that people are attracted to when they're scrolling through their feeds and that can catch their eye. Um, yeah. yeah. Advertisers have been doing that for a while too. Like. Mm-hmm. Back in print advertising, you'd have the red marching ants coupon kind of borders mm-hmm. around the, the print pieces. And then for a time on Facebook, they were doing exactly the same thing. Either marching ants or solid line borders because they knew that it would catch the person's attention when they were scrolling mm-hmm. through the feed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's always going to be little things that you can test out. Mm. But on Instagram, would you do borders <laughs> for that, though? Oh, look. You should do marching ads for an ad on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, this is interesting too. Ads mm-hmm. on Instagram. Video. Good ways and video bad ways way. to do it. Okay, so catching someone's eye. Yeah. Video is great because, I mean, we're talking about the psychology here. We're talking about colours. We're talking mm-hmm. about just sort of natural triggers, you know, from our ancestors hunting in the forest, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So movement, marching ants, like things to watch out for. They, you're naturally going to be attracted to it for a split second and then... You've just got to make sure that your message is strong. 
I just heard yeah, <laughs> that, that was good. I, I went back into time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, bring what? back some some He's advice from out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was awesome. What about you, Josh? I mean, do you want me to take it, or do you want to go on? Like, we can. Oh no! Like that things. was that was the only thing that I yeah. I noted. Like I saw it as yeah. a pen. Like, I figured that advertisers. There are plenty of advertisers that are trying everything under the sun. Could be trying red borders on ads. They could be trying you know um, scantily clad women when they're talking about forex trading. Who would um, do that? Like, <laughs> looking at me. Anyone would do that. I don't know, sure. Um, like there's there's always there's always like that percentage of people that are going to use a platform and try and misuse or abuse it as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just it comes with the territory. When you get a new platform you get some cowboys out there mm. that'll try and take advantage of it for the time that they can. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When that changes then yeah. I think the most effective um, Instagram campaign ad campaign, sorry would be if it doesn't look like an ad. And I know a lot of people True. are a bit iffy about this particular one, but if people don't feel like they're being advertised to and therefore disrupted in their daily fast scrolling, multiple times a day fast scrolling on Instagram, if they actually consume the content and they feel like they got value out of it, mm. then they realize it's an ad. I feel like that's probably a little bit more of an effective way to advertise on Instagram. So the better way to do that is, you know, as simple as not putting text on your um, Instagram ads because I think a lot of people automatically see that as um, an ad. Yeah. I don't mean inspirational quotes. Inspirational quotes are cool. But mm. I mean if it's a picture of a scantily clad female mm. and then it has mm. like text yep. on it, I mean I think that it turns people off straight yeah. away because it's not native to the um, to the platform. It's Lose the speech weird. bubble is what you say. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or yeah. like the illustrated <laughs> ad. You know what I mean? Like the illustrated animated ad. Like you don't really, that's, you don't see that. It's not what you want to see. It, yeah. it actually takes you out of the zone you're in. So yeah. you're right. And um, you can you can use, um, like you said before, you can actually go back through your organic content, see what's working well, and use that to inform uh, the decisions you make in your own advertising as well. Mm. Yeah. So I, mean, I think there's a couple of really good content tips here. The other content one that we sometimes hear as well is the, discussion about how people are overwhelmed when creating content and they don't know how to do that so what are your thoughts so say you've got that that marketing manager who understands the importance of creating content for their brand but they're constantly overwhelmed because not only do they do this portion of digital marketing but they also manage four other or or oversee four other channels in digital marketing not to mention maybe three to four others that are offline marketing mm -hmm. um, maybe they double as a sales role as well or, or a branding or an events role. So they're really swamped. What are your suggestions for managing the creation and then distribution of content? Mm, I think you have to understand how you work. Um, mm. I know that's a little bit simple and silly, but if you're somebody who you get overwhelmed really quickly by trying to do all these things, it might be worth understanding that, you know, you have to actually set time aside um, and because the other thing as well is Instagram is very much like, you know, in the moment you can't really cue things, but in doing that, I would actually set time aside to actually create content and, and cue it and schedule it. Um, and you don't have to uh, do like a month's content all in one go, but I feel like, like for me personally, I'm very much someone who I'm in the zone and I don't want to be interrupted. So I might not eat, sleep or do anything else until I've created my content, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's just how I work and, and that's fine um, but if you're yeah if you find that you are lacking motivation to create content and you kind of are a bit overwhelmed because you're not just doing um, your content but everyone else's 
I think you have to give yourself a break too because, you know, creating content can be, it takes quite a bit out of you, especially if you're, you know, taking the time to actually create content rather than document it, for mm. example, and you have like a full-on photo shoot, for example, you have more people, you have hair sure. and makeup, just for example, um, and so it can take a lot of time. So I would say to actually create a schedule for yourself to create that content. Mm. Um, and you also have to keep reaffirming your goals to create content. Sure. So I find like we're human, right? So we need those little goals to set ourselves, to keep ourselves moving forward. And so if you can say, okay, you know, for this week, I need to create content and why, you know, what's happening in my industry. Maybe there's something really interesting you can be, that could be the drive for your content. Um, you know, or yeah, it's really about continuously reaffirming your business goals, continuously reaffirming who it is that you're actually talking to can help sure. to keep pushing you forward. Mm. That's like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's hard because like one of my clients, she's very overwhelmed with creating content and she's only dealing with just her particular business and finds it very difficult to do it. And I think it's because she just loses sight very quickly about why she's actually creating content. Sure. So I think if, you know, and I've said this to her as well, but, and it's it's a bit silly, but even just setting a little reminder in your phone, like, <laughs> you know, to like mm. reaffirm, like read over business or plan for this week or something like that, sure. just to keep, because you mm. can be overwhelmed. Um, and yeah, it, it, like that's what I've suggested for her to do, so. Slowly but surely building up that habit. Yeah, I would say to her, I mean, also don't forget, um, it's great to have a schedule. Like you say, it's great to have an overview. Even if you, you do have to manually post Instagram, it is good to get it all out of the way in, in one lump sum if you can do it at the start of the week, um, just so you don't fall behind. And if you can delegate it, you know, then just be clear that, that whoever might be doing it um, like you said, is very clear on your target audience and the, and the messages, and then maybe they can send you um, their plan of content for approval. Um, but in, in the instance of um, losing motivation, check back at the insights. So like at the end of every month, do, make your own report. Like you might be accountable to someone anyway, you might be doing this, but see what worked for you uh, and, and learn from that um, as well and make sure that you know you keep that in mind. And, and like Josh, Josh said, test test times of day, test days, um, you know, test different sorts of content, different sorts of messaging. Um, and as you start getting, you know, noticeable increases uh, in engagement, you know, that's the satisfaction that you need, the motivation to keep going. Gains. Yeah. That's gains. what I like to call it. Yeah, gains in those numbers. The gains are really good. Yeah. I like that one. That's a good one. I should tell her that. Cool. <laughs> that's a really good one. I think you guys nailed it. Yeah. yeah. That's really good, like, covering off the fact that you need to remind, remember what the main thing is when doing your content. Mm. I guess also reviewing, like, if it gets to a certain stage and month after month, you're like, boo-hoo, this isn't working for me, I don't want to create content this way, then, like, ultimately, if you're not going to do it, and no amount of remembering your business goals or remembering how, like, that, that end result is, like, yeah. where you're, what your vision of success is, um, at the end of the day, if, if none of that seems to be working, then maybe you need to pivot on the process you're going through to create the content. Um, yeah, maybe you do need to move to document content. Like, I mean, with ourselves, with this piece of content, it's video, it's podcast, it'll be written content, um, and then we'll be repurposing some of that and putting them on other properties. So that process, although at an early stage for this podcast, is, um, you know, at 
it's still being implemented, it's it's also a lot easier than some of the other processes that that people might do. Which mm. so like just a your vanilla blog content that goes mm. up every week, mm-hmm. but with no distribution, um, and you might be just sitting there for how many hours? Maybe yeah. like three to mm. six hours, humming and ahhing on what type of content to come up with. Yeah. Um, all the while realizing, say nine months down the line, oh, actually, I I really hate writing. Like I don't <laughs> like writing, but yeah. I love talking to people. Yeah. People love talking to me about content, uh, about the topic that my business deals with. Or I I may not necessarily love being in front of the camera, but I'm very comfortable in front of the mm. camera and I tend to be really relaxed in that in that way. So it's all about finding the modes that you work best at mm-hmm. yeah. or you can communicate with your audience um, to a high degree at. And then after that, it's just, yeah, like tweaking the process until you get something that really works for you long term. Mm-hmm. And then that's probably going to help you to go a little further than you would if you're doing a process that, that kind of doesn't fit yeah yeah so my other little tip for is, is if you're struggling for content you can you can repurpose content which is what you just said pretty much but for instagram it's very unlikely that you know people uh have been with you from the very beginning of your feed mm-hmm. so you can always look back and say if you had a photo shoot or you took like 20 photos from one instant but you posted one you could have a look at mm-hmm. that and post another one of that um, yeah. and lead it back to say whatever the blog post the podcast or whatever it is that you're pushing so that's that's okay too <laughs> just you know if you're struggling you can just put that in the mix as well yeah. um, so I find that really helpful too do, uh, we, do we have time for any more questions are we doing good for time I okay because we have that one question about the budget Ooh. yeah we can mix it up can have I really, uh, have a quick one Jess wait, do you want to start alright okay wait <laughs> <laughs> okay me too. The question is, I have five hundred dollars, just five hundred, maybe more. I don't know. Just five. Five hundred. Just five. How do I spend it? Aside from going to Gucci. So I'm going to assume that we're talking about. We're talking about spending it with some sort of return in mind. Generally, if you're down to your last five hundred dollars, you want to see if it back come back at you. So. So if like I had the choice between doing an organic Instagram strategy mm-hmm. or just advertising on Instagram and I had $500, where would you tell me to spend my money? Dum, 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 Help dum. me. <laughs> That's interesting. Now, are you just asking specifically for Instagram? Yeah. Oh, you mean only for Instagram? <laughs> okay. So, how about, all so right. for well, organic, just, an organic <laughs> campaign, you'd spend $500 on your hair and light makeup and like... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. If I had $500 and... Yeah, I mean, it could be. So, I don't know. Should I spend my money on organic strategy? Or, and okay, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to say. Mm. Should I spend it on organic? Should I spend it on advertising? Like, or which platform should I engage with? I have $500. Help me. Mm. Help me, I'm poor. I would be leaning towards Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I would be leaning towards Facebook with an Instagram component. That's my thoughts. Like- well, well, because when... I would... I think Josh already mentioned this this episode that you you get clearer um, reporting on your returns. It's, sure. it's easy to see like all right once you've established your goals um, and you've established mm-hmm. how you're going to say like whatever the message is, you can set up your targeting. You can get links through wherever you can get messages. You can get whatever you know the end goal is, yeah. uh, and you can say well I spent that amount and I got this much for it as well. Okay. Um, you can do that with Instagram as well, but it's simply not as as large. An audience so I would say Facebook with an Instagram component so you're still getting them um, but you're not spending as much within Instagram as mm. you are in Facebook um, but it's very good in terms of measurability mm. so you'll you know if you've set it up right 
you'll know what you got for it. Um, it's not enough money probably to invest in AdWords. I mean, it depends on it depends on who you are, um, but that's what I'm thinking. Unless unless you have your own email database, that sort of thing, in which case you don't need five hundred dollars. But I want it. Okay, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Where mm. I've got five hundred dollars, how do I spend it? Cool. Um, so ignoring the fact that I should probably know what industry you're in, okay, so what your market is, like all that stuff, ignoring all of that stuff. Ignoring everything. Ignoring all of that, then um, I would still say you don't have enough money. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. knowing, knowing all of that, I would say you don't have enough money. And I'm, the only reason I say that is because if you're, like say if we're in this really odd scenario, like say you're a marketing manager, say you're in a company where they probably look down at the the merit of, if not digital marketing, then definitely social media marketing. Sure. Yeah. Then that $500 is not going to mm. do you a lot of good because if you spend, no matter where you spend that, unless you meet whatever the goals are, so it might be an increase in phone calls or an increase in um, an engagement, etc. Mm. then there's going to be a, a ton of pressure. Like, it's not only going to be pressure on yourself to figure out what the campaign has to be to, to be successful, but it's also going to be additional pressure because your boss is going to be over your shoulder, breathing down your neck, saying, look, what are you doing, etc. I would actually roll up my sleeves and then not spend the 500 and then just really master every social media com- like channel in yeah. my own time. Yeah. I'd find out, I'd, I'd seek to have a really good understanding of Okay, organically, if I want to create content, what do I have to do? And I just put time in outside of, say, my work hours mm. to figure that one out. I do that for Instagram. I'd also go through the ad platforms, start reading up on what other people are doing or following other people to see what they're doing. Um, and then when I'm confident in that regard, then I might then I might look to do, say, um, a low-entry uh, proposed engagement post or something like that. Mm. Um, something where you're, you're vying for clicks at, like, two cents. Or buying for comments at two cents or point zero two, is it point zero two? But like it's phenomenally low, the cost. And then I would just do small tests to to be able to say this is my hypothesis. So for a week, I'm going to run a campaign. I'm going to look at that, and see how successful it is. If it keels over, that's fine. I kill it. I'll have another campaign, and I just keep on doing that to help help myself master the channel. But you're in a you're in a really hard bind. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure what what else can be done uh, with five hundred bucks. So, yeah. Even if you have no hundred bucks, um, <laughs> look, I mean, because I've worked with people who have very little um, mm. stuff anyway, and it kind of actually, it stops them from posting or sharing their brand on any platform, even if it's Instagram, you know, because there's this kind of belief that you need money and you need to advertise and, you know, mm. going back to no, what you were right. saying about advertising. Right. And so uh, I think, you know, if you really have very little Ashley, and as what you were saying as well, is just, yeah, the organic organic strategy. Sure. So at least, like you were saying, you can learn, see how people are interacting with your posts, and mm-hmm. then create, you know, that could be the basis for your campaign. Look, even just organic posting eventually may ramp you up so much that you might eventually have the cash flow to do, um, spend money on advertising. Look, it's all about starting, and you're not ever going to know that unless you actually yeah. get started, mm-hmm. really. So, Yeah. Good points. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like just because I kind of like I haven't changed my answer. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't completely changed it. But if I so if the scenario was, hey, I've got only five hundred bucks, I need yeah. to be able to 
drive awareness of our brand or get engagement or even get phone calls, mm. then I would actually be looking, so based on my, my own experience, I'd be looking at doing some kind of direct response campaign where I create some type of content. So we've talked about how we've done the market up there. Yep. Um, but I'd be looking to come up with some type of content that I know my market is going to really find value in, whether it's a guide or you know how-to or information to protect them, reduce risk or, or anything like that. And then I would, I, I guess after testing that out to a few, few people in that market as well, I would then look to boost the reach of that on social media. And so it might, it, it'll depend on the market, right? So if it was a professional services type document, then I might look to boost it on LinkedIn and promote that way. Um, if it was, if I could be able to target on social media, then on Facebook, then I would do that as well. But um, yeah, I think doing something where there's a specific process that I want people to go through to the point where they either disqualify themselves from engaging with my brand or contacting me, or they qualify themselves or myself to the point where they either provide their phone number or email address, um, then I think something like that may have legs. But again, it just comes down to it comes down to a multitude of things like what industry are you in? Are you in cosmetics? Is it is plastic surgery? Is it sure. you know selling products? So mm. yeah, I think something like that could could work really well for you. Um, and then also the best thing about that is like you talked about Instagram and looking at organic content. So you could probably take a, that a step further and then put out great content, promote it on Instagram, and then even be very proactive on Instagram and start like DMing people. Yeah. Like I would, I would use LinkedIn as a great place for me to build up a list of people as well, and that's free. Like, yeah, I can search marketing managers Perth. Sorry, marketing managers in Perth, um, and then I can get a list of all the marketing and communications man, uh, managers in Perth, which I haven't done yet. Just so you know. Um, and then after that, if I wanted to, I could contact each of them and say, "Look, here's this, here's this content that we put together. I think it'll be of value to you. Yeah, we'd love to send it out either physically or come out and meet with you." Like that kind of stuff doesn't cost a lot of money. It costs a lot of personal time, like sweat equity. Yep. And so that's the trade-off. If you don't have a lot of money, then you put a lot of time into the to just rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty. Mm -hmm. But the, the beauty of doing something like that is if you do it right, it builds out a, it builds up a huge amount of confidence in you being able to build your own marketing campaign, mm -hmm. your own marketing funnel. And and then you can go from you can start introducing other media later on and maybe putting a hundred bucks into something or this, that, and the other thing. But I think the biggest thing is just to get confidence in your own ability to deliver. Mm. And then once you go from a position of strength, you can try something new and you'll already know, oh cool, if this doesn't play out, then I've got something else to fall back on. So it's a conservative approach, but I think that it would be one where if somebody's in a position where they've got a boss behind them saying, look, I don't think this is going to work, but there's your 500 bucks, have at it, then this is just a way of you um, protecting, I guess, positioning yourself in a way you, where you can still win. Mm. So. Cool. All right. Good. Awesome. Thanks, Sweet. guys. Thank that you so much for watching and listening and yeah. <laughs> watching and listening us today. You can, if you've got any questions for us, you can email us, which is podcast at bam.com.au, or you can also tweet us at bam creative and let us know your feedback. And if you have any comments on like our outfits or um, any questions, <laughs> particularly outfits. outfits. But yeah, thanks so much for watching, guys, and listening <laughs> to us as well. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Bye.